are back. So Kurdos podcast episode four. Yes, um, so very excited. Obviously, it's just before Christmas when we filmed our last one. Yep. And today we are discussing the steps to creating a stronger content strategy. Yep. So I know we're going to go into it in a lot of detail later on in the conversation, but I wanted to kind of start at the very beginning mm. and just to understand what is the difference between a content strategy and to just pushing out content for people that are unaware. Yeah, I think um, there's lots of areas that people don't really um, consider when trying to initiate that organic strategy. And just to be clear, this is all about trying to build a strategy around your organic growth and, mm -hmm. and that reputation. Um, and, uh, and, and today is not about creating a word of mouth strategy, although it impacts that initial, mm -hmm. that first podcast that we did. It's, it's all about building structure but understanding team skill sets, what to do at certain growth points and and really just help businesses um, build a little bit more structure around their, you know, and how to get that engagement and that belief in their brand. Yeah, 100%. A couple of things that you mentioned there. So team initially, which I think is, is one of the most important factors. Mm. So it'd be good to delve into that. I mean, how important is it that one, you have the right team in place for this content strategy, but, but also kind of secondly to that, how do you ensure that you do have the right team in place? Yeah, I think um, to, to answer that, it's quite probably a long answer. Mm. Team is extremely important and let's take my team into, into account here. Mm -hmm. So there are kind of five pillars and I'm, I'm, diving quite heavily into this because once you understand the pillars first sure you can then work out where how you do it mm -hmm. with who what skill sets you need to look for as well so the first one is subject mm -hmm. so i'm very good at identifying subjects that build belief in our audience because mm -hmm. i've done certain things to get to that point whereas my team member alex might not be as good as that she's mm -hmm. getting there but when she initially started in that role i'm i'm that person that gives the subjects the guidance yeah on, the yeah. subjects but now i'm getting alex to look into them subjects so these are skill sets that both of us can now cover let me look at knowledge i'm the knowledge malcolm's the knowledge so we're key influences in providing that knowledge to our team mm -hmm. for them to convert it into the next pillar mm -hmm. which is creativity mm -hmm. i'm crap at being creative <laughs> i am awful at it in fact uh, you know the reason why i didn't do art at school is because i'm just not creative at all so i'm the knowledge yeah. alex is the creative yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. her pillar then the distribution so identifying what platforms mm -hmm. when how we're doing it is that video is that alex is now picking up on that skill set too mm. so and so am i and then the scheduling that's Alex. Mm -hmm. So you've got the five pillars, subject, knowledge, creativity, distribution, and schedule. I can't cover all five of those pillars. Mm -hmm. Neither can Alex. Yeah. So therefore, and neither can Malcolm. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we're an, we are an entire team. Yeah. And it's important to identify the skill sets. And you need to almost be asking your question, if you're a very small business and knowing when to bring more people into your team, the question you need to be asking yourself is, can I cover these uh, skill sets myself mm. if not what do i need to look for in them particular skill sets to make that team bring really push and and drive that content strategy 
Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think part of that is just being honest with yourself and actually understanding, right, I'm great at this, but yeah. potentially I'm not so good at this. And and kind of having that self-analysis to mm. then go out and source the right people, the right individuals to, to do those roles. Um, one thing that you mentioned, which was interesting, you're talking about if, if you can't do that, if you don't have the people. Yeah. So let, let's talk about a one-man band for sake of example. <laughs> so those five pillars obviously have incredible importance. What are you to do if you're a one-man band and you don't have the budget to go out and say, right, marketing, executive, this, that, and the other? Yeah, I've been there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, very early stages, I did not know what to do. Mm -hmm. I learned. I mean, we we have the the number one like platform for free in the world, which contains so much knowledge. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Go on a YouTube and learn. Search these pieces of you know these key topics and areas that you really want to improve on and make them changes in and learn. Also, if you're in a business that where you've got competitors, which everyone does, mm -hmm. look into the, the the competitors that you inspire to be. Look at what they're doing. And maybe start to not replicate, but see how you can become more educational than them and the things that may resonate with your audience more. But the first thing you need to do is ask your clients for feedback on your content mm -hmm. because that bit will allow you to, well, I mean, they're your audience, right? They, 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 that would then help you resonate with more people that fit that same target demographic. So I would say go out and learn mm -hmm. <laughs> to answer your question. You know, you've got to do something, um, but I'd invest a lot of time out of hours as well. Yeah, I think, I think that's really true. And it's one of those things that, like we were saying, you might not be a natural born creative, but you can no. learn to be competent in that area For and sure. then when you come to be in a position where you can employ that person actually you're more well versed to make that decision based on the minimal experience that you do have so i think i yeah. think that's really important yeah exactly and uh, and on on that note i was that person that wasn't creative mm -hmm. and i became competent in it but then when i brought someone in who was creative who was filling that skill gap for me um you know it was a lot easier for me but I don't think it was bad. Mm. I just think that actually showing improvement in a business looks good on investors as well. Definitely. Um, certainly if you're seeking investment, but also to, you know, the, the initial prospects that mm -hmm. you were reaching out to, they then start to see an improvement in that content and they start to go, oh God, these guys are getting, they're like the real deal now, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that happens to us quite a lot as well. Yeah, 100%. It's really interesting. I think one of the things that is integral to any strategy working will be structure. Yep. Um, so I wondered from your perspective what the perfect structure behind that content strategy looks like. Yeah, so I think we touched on it briefly in a previous um, mm -hmm. podcast, but um, the, the create the, firstly, identify them five pillars, mm -hmm. um, find the subject. So I would pick four key subjects a month or possibly even five yep. for Alex, or we would work together on them five subjects. I would then give that knowledge, whether it's via this mm -hmm. or uh, via a video interview with someone, or maybe even just sitting with Alex for half an hour or sending her a voice note. So then I build the knowledge. Um, then what we would do is create a timeline across the next six weeks where we would post anywhere between four and five pieces of content, mm -hmm. different content, changing it up. That's really important. Don't just post 
five just creative posts of like a, a piece of like a visual yeah you know do an infographic do yeah. a do, do a podcast do a video do a um article do a, a testimonial on that particular subject with a certain client and then you then deliver that and schedule it which is the fifth pillar mm-hmm. um across that six weeks you you almost need to learn how to repackage and change that piece of content quite a lot uh, to make sure it's consumed in different ways a good example of this, going back to the Josh Mitchell, Mitchell thing, we, we spoke about yeah, events yeah, and the importance yeah. of events. Then there was an interview about that event. There was then um, there was then an article. Then there was you know several pieces of content and insight as to why more companies need to do it. And and people who come up with a great subject and just post it once, um, where you need kind of five or six different versions of it to really get the message across, which mm-hmm. people fail at quite a lot. It's, got, it's quite funny, actually, because I see people doing what I used to do, and now I see it, I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. You may as well not even post it. That's true. That is very true. How would you find it, and this is more out of interest than anything, in terms of engagement, so let's say, so you pick the subject mm-hmm. and you do five different posts in different variants of content yep. on that subject. Do you find by like the fourth, fifth, sixth post that actually your engagement is better than the initial because people are getting used to the message, if that makes sense? Varies. It should do. And I should be sitting here saying it does. Um, But I would say that um, sometimes not. But the ones that are relevant to who are in your tar- ICP, who you're targeting from an outbound strategy, if they then see and agree with them five key stages, mm. actually not even just someone who's in your ICP, this is a good example. Uh, a gentleman reshared one of my um, podcast posts okay. a couple of days ago, uh, the one that we did last week about the LinkedIn um, side of things, the LinkedIn yep. ads. Um and he just shared it and I said I, something like, I categorically agree with Joseph Sadler here. Hmm. And, he, and he went in depth on the message as well. Now he works in like an IT telecoms business or some, uh, th- I think so. Um, I should know that, he's a friend. Um, and, it, it, but just by him then sharing that, I've then got two people asking me questions. Yeah. And, and, actually sometimes we focus on how does this resonate with our icp but actually Mm -hmm. how can i get people who need our advice to generate opportunities of their own or who are advocates of our strategy to engage with it as well because that's where i'm going to get the sales from Mm -hmm. it's not just some i'm not just doing it for our audience i'm doing it so i capture someone else's interest who likes it and they go wow i just saw this through um you know kevin or dave or whoever you know um and then all of a sudden they're in your funnel Mm -hmm. because someone agreed with what you said and they're passionate about sharing that Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's, that's what people really need to think about as well. Not if you do it once, it's not going to work. Yeah, for sure. So it's that consistency. And I do want to come on to that, but just picking Mm. up on a couple of things that you said, then you mentioned about, so generating the sale, you mentioned about, it's actually a waste of time. If you do one post, you may as well not post in the first place. Um, So I know you spoke about an analogy, which was quite interesting when analyzing the effectiveness of the sales side of things from Mm. this content strategy Mm -hmm. and actually weighing it up against 
how much time do you spend on lead gen generating mm. one um, MQL for sake of example yeah. against this side of things? So for someone that's potentially hesitant to adopt this strategy and to look into it, how would you compare it to that lead gen side of things? Okay, so first of all, let's break it down into steps. Um, so say if you received a thousand leads, uh, actually, even before you do your lead gen strategy, let's break it up into nine stages. Mm -hmm. So stage one, no answer on that lead. Stage two, answered but unqualified. Stage three, answered long-term callback due to um, due to not reaching qualification levels. Quali uh, step four, qualified move to discovery. Uh, stage five, discovery not sat. Um, stage six, discovery sat but no proposal. It's a long-term callback because there's no actual mm -hmm. intent. Stage seven, discovery sat, proposal sent. Stage eight, closed, lost. Mm -hmm. So I didn't win the piece of business. And stage nine, I won that piece of business. So if you were to categorize them nine stages and you're doing ads, right? Or you did a webinar, mm -hmm. a thousand people turned up, just a random number in the air. And you put after two weeks, where do them a thousand leads sit? Mm -hmm. And you will then start to identify the value in it. But then you could also analyze the amount of time that's spent. Mm -hmm. So what we, we were doing is I did this and I was like, wow, we, this is early stages. Mm -hmm. I was like, we are spending way too much time. And I think I found like kind of 90% of the leads that we were generating were probably still in the first five to six stages. And I was focusing probably about 30 hours a week on them. Yeah. And now if we flip that, mm -hmm. I spend less time and my team spend less time on leads because of our strategy. Mm -hmm. So if you do the same nine steps in your organic strategy, I'm pretty sure that that percentage of 90% will flip the other way yep. and your time would be massively lower, mm -hmm. like spent on it, uh, you know, a lot of less time spent on it. And then but the conversions will be dramatically say, yeah. higher. And I we will post an article about this because it's important for people to see that and, and the amount of time that could be lost. And I think that if people were to do the stages, and this is for the people who are struggling to get that trust in their mm -hmm. CEOs and MDs, but if they were to break down the straight stages in, in organic and show the level of conversion and the amount of time, time that's spent on it, all of a sudden, the CEO goes, okay, so we need to invest more time in this. Yeah. Bang. Bang. Off we go. And then it then becomes the most positive, happy... Relationship, uh, yeah. No demoralizing mm -hmm. team and, and operation that you need. Let's talk about that then. So often what we discuss on here is like the marketing yeah. sales relationship. Yeah. What do you think like a salesperson's reaction is going to be to one of the content-driven leads or MQLs versus something that's been an outbound uh, lead gen effort? Let's use you as, a, as an example here in, in your business. How good does it feel when someone messages you who you've been aware about for so long saying, dude, I am loving your podcasts. How do I get one myself? How, yeah. how does that feel? It feels great. Yeah, 100%. It happened relatively recently, to be fair. So someone that we've been following for a long time and to be transparent, we've wanted to get in contact with them for a long time. And just through 
consistently and consistency sorry and dropping podcast every single monday we got a message from him recently and he just said look you've always supported me i'm loving the, the content that you're dropping at the moment can we arrange a date and this is a relatively big artist that potentially if i would have sent a message two six months ago i might not have got a response you just you just demonstrated why people need to adopt this strategy and you know, people who don't know what you do mm. but uh, you know, you have been consistent mm. since you started and and it's now paying off. And you feel, wow, this is amazing. Mm. Exactly the same how my guys feel. Exactly. Exactly how I feel when someone drops me a message and says, Joe, I think we need your help and you sound like the guy that can help me. Mm. For me, I'm sitting there going... Mm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. And and I think this is the thing is that that team morale in, in your team and they're getting messages. And a, a good example of this is we started a new campaign with a client. We told them to change their strategy three months ago. They changed their strategy themselves. We're, we're happy for them to do it because it only helps us. And because of that strategy and because of our, our, our consultancy mm -hmm. with that client, that then impacted on an opportunity coming through to one of my team members in the first three days of doing a campaign with them, generated an opportunity, sat that appointment the same day and converted for 9.8K. Wow. They, I think we've only just got paid our first month from them, mm -hmm. but they're buzzing three yeah. days. Like, three days. and I'm telling, no, you need 24 weeks to, mm -hmm. to see anything or stick, you know, uh, you know, 24 months. And, um, but that's because of that consistency, exactly. that strategy and, and getting people to believe and trust in the brand and buyers are more in control than mm -hmm. ever before. And, and it's all about not being desperate and rushing and this trying to get it. them quick wins. Yeah. And I think you, you do need to be prepared. So to go into that point in a bit more detail and quite often, again, what we speak about on these podcasts is yeah. the long-term vision and, and to be prepared that yep. it might not happen in one week, two weeks, it might take 12 months. So um, I wondered if you could go into a bit of that long-term strategy and kind of a message for the people that they might have dropped content consistently for two months, they're not seeing the results and ultimately are thinking, is this, is this really worth it? What, what would you say to them? Okay, so we uh, a good example to, to way a way to relate to this. You've got you want to be the the number one of your kind. Mm -hmm. Let's relate to athletes. An athlete yeah. who's who, like hundred meter sprinter mm -hmm. that trains one day a week will never be successful. Mm -hmm. True. True. All right. Yeah. Um, but. If there's a repetitive action and they're sticking to it, they only get faster, they get better. It's very small movements, um, but then you strive towards being successful in the long run. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I heard the other day, if someone's looking to be in the, uh, the US Olympic team, they need to be training for 10 years prior. Mm. Uh, unless they have some form of natural ability. Sure. Um, or superhuman, as like we like to call it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they train for like minimum 10 years prior to mm -hmm. them even being allowed in that team. And that for me, it just demonstrates the commitment that's needed to reach your goal. Mm. Now, if you change, you bring that message into our world in that content world, well, we need to do, we need to do a lot more. Even now we're, we're nowhere near our goal. We're seeing mm. a lot of, you know, reaction from it and, and, and we're happy with our work, but, 
yeah, we're we're far from done. What you said, you're nowhere near your goal. What is your goal? Yeah, we want we want to be known. Um, I think if you, we're not necessarily completely in the same field, but Chris Walker at Refine Labs, he's a perfect example of mm. someone that um, just. Ha- I mean, they've got like twenty thousand followers on LinkedIn. His his knowledge that he's pushing out for free. He's got hundreds, if not thousands, of advocates who are all engaging with his posts, sharing his posts, commenting, learning. And I'm in exactly I'm in exactly that same position as well. Well, I'm always listening to his stuff because I think it's great. But you know, that would be a goal of mine mm-hmm. to have that feedback to then drive me to do it more. Um, for me to almost just focus all my time and energy on just building our operations to a new level um, from an educational standpoint, but just continuously pushing out every single day some form of insight and education, but be trusted to the point where people are talking about me whilst Mm -hmm. I sleep That that, and our operation and our methods and and our mindset. And I think that's the goal for me now. It's achievable as well. It's 100% achievable. So, yeah, it's a good one I wanted to ask again. Just from my perspective, it's always interesting to understand goals. And with you, it's very clear that there's a solid plan to get to that goal. And that's that's one of the most important things behind having goals is is that that stringent plan which you've absolutely got. Um, One thing, again, that that I'd love to delve into... Mm. And again, something that I've experienced, I'm sure that you have as well. And this is just kind of just being very real with the people that are watching and listening. So let's say you've spent a long time analysing the subject that you want to dive into. Mm -hmm. Then you spent a long time creating this piece of content. You're really confident in how how high of a quality the content is. Mm. You push it out and it doesn't get the reception that you feel it deserves. Yep. How do you feel at that moment in time? But how do you get over that that feeling of what I'm guessing is an unjust kind of um, demoralization? Okay, yeah, this is a good one. Um, I don't feel that anymore. Um, and I think the thing is, is you know, I gave you an example before this started. You know, we po- posted out a video and I thought, well, it might be wrong timing. But actually, I've now started getting to the mindset of, build a bridge, get over it and mm. repackage it. Mm. And all I'll do is essentially change it up. Maybe my hair didn't look good enough that day. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but if you think about it, when you start to go, okay, well, I still believe in it. I'm still mm. going to post about it. This is still the right way because it works for me and it works for my clients, right? So I'm not going to shut up about it, but I'm just going to change it up a bit. I'm going to change it up, post it at a different time t- and just go again. And eventually, that's and the funniest thing is, is like, I've done this before where I've posted something and I'm like, that is going to get, you know, see me 12 mm-hmm. months ago. I'm like, yeah, that post is banging. That, <laughs> that's gonna get so much engagement. So many people are going to agree with it. I think it had like one like or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like... We've all been there. Though. Yeah. And then 15 days later, we've posted about it the third time and there's 27. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we then get a message or something. And it's like, I think if you're feeling a bit demoralized and you're worrying... And I see, uh, I see it all the time. I see someone pop up, they post for several weeks, and then they stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's, that's just purely based on the fact that they've given up way too soon. Mm-hmm. And you're an example of this, mate. You didn't mm. give up. And, and look, it's paying off you know, from an organic lead generation funnel, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're, you're doing well, mate. Yeah, 100%. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. And one thing... 
again, so just to, which is really poignant to what we're discussing today, you said, so the first post you put out, it got one like, the third post it had 20 odd or, or however many you mentioned. And that's just testament to the fact that actually when people get used to what you're posting about, yeah by the third time, oh, I've kind of seen this topic before, I kind of recognise it, they're more inclined to engage with it as well. So that consistency from a topic perspective is also hugely important and, and you're reaping the rewards of that as well. Yeah, you don't know what they've been discussing that day either. I always find that the funniest moments are, oh, I was literally speaking about this in my yeah. meeting yesterday. And you're like, well, I posted about this 17 times before, so why haven't you <laughs> reacted before, mate? But it was just perfectly good timing. Mm -hmm. And then you just don't know when these people, are, it's going to resonate with them and, or when it's a focus. You know, I'm a business owner. Sometimes content and, and this part of my, my business is not my focus. Mm -hmm. And them days, if I've looked on LinkedIn and I see something I agree with, I might not engage with it because yeah. it's just not in my mind. Well, this is it. And I think it is sometimes about putting the shoe on the other foot for yeah. sake of example and saying, oh, well, did I see something that actually I quite liked today, but I didn't engage with it? Yeah, the answer is probably yes. So it's about understanding that sometimes people might not have the time, but there will come a time when it's the right time for yeah. them to engage with it if you're consistent. So yeah. I think that's the really important message here. Yeah, so, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, th I think people just, you know, it goes back to that procrastinating and, mm -hmm. and worrying state and people start thinking that they're doing it wrong. And I think, well, actually, you know, go back to basics, speak to your current clients, get a bit of advice from them, share that content, maybe try something new, mm -hmm. um, but go back to them pillars. Like what skill sets do I need to work on? The pillars are a great thing. And I'm glad that we've brought it into our operation. Mm -hmm. um, look at your staging of your, your lead funnels and your conversions and your time that you spent um, because that will, that will also help you um, get past the CEO. It's true. You can almost build on that. Um, so I've got an example here. I actually spoke please, to someone yeah. who... Sorry? Oh, please. Yeah. yeah so, um, it, so see, I spoke to someone the other day who said they're struggling um, with the shift recently around moving towards a more demand or revenue focus, right? Mm -hmm. And I told them, work out the cost spent on the number of leads, the miles that you're driving, the hours on the demos, and build a financial case but don't take it to your CEO. And if you have a CFO or a finance director, say, can I get some time in with you? Because I feel that I think, I think that I can save the business money. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, what FD or a CFO is going to be like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> then if you get the FD and CFO on board, they will be telling the CEO, Joe, you need to do this. Mm. A CEO pays us an FD or a, a CFO to make, to tell them uh, they're almost, you know, the, ro the roles reversed in mm. that case where it's like, you're spending too much money, you know, that, that, that type of thing. And it's, and you need, you need to maybe try and speak to your finance team. And if you don't have a finance team, build that case, maybe deliver it to the, the CEO in a different way. Mm. Video. You know, I, I think probably some of the, I've seen a couple of people lately who have said, wow, you know, one of my team uh, wanted something to resonate with me, but they delivered it to me in this way. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, they built a business plan within my business. Like, yes, that's using your initiative. And, and that will help you get to that, that shift. 
um, and struggle. It's also one of the pillars, creativity. Absolutely, which I'm cack at. (laughs) There we go. There we go. But no, it's it's a really good story. And I think it's important to, I guess, to summarise that point is to say that treat the CFO or the FD as an influencer towards getting your decision heard and and getting the decision made. So yeah, it's a it's a really great great initiative and point the point that you make. Um, I think I think from my perspective, there's some great bits there, and it's the majority of stuff that I wanted to delve into. And yeah, I actually think it's been probably my favourite episode in yeah. terms of value for the people. I'm confident that everyone will resonate with this. But Should, yeah. as always, was there anything that that you kind of wanted to go into or say to the people? But before we tie up, yeah, I, I think um, people need to almost build brand advocates within their business um, and influencers of Mm -hmm. the brand. If you have people in the business who, you know, are well reacted to on when they do post and maybe incentivize them, Mm. maybe look at ways that, or actually, I mean, it should be natural that everyone in the business posts about it and wants to post about it. And actually you could probably build that in, in the early stages from the onboarding period when you're bringing someone in, inducting someone in the business. But I, I, I do think that the more that people see what you deliver as a company, the more they feel appreciated will naturally post. Yeah, agreed. But maybe if you're not quite getting that, train people in the message behind it to almost get them to build their own versions mm. of it. You know, one of the big focuses for my team this year was to start building your own personal brands. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because I think if they if they see that you're influenced in, and trying to support their personal exposure um, to the world that we're in, a lot of CEOs and MDs might be worried that they'll be poached. Mm-hmm. But actually, they probably feel more valued than ever before Definitely. and start to influence. And it's amazing that, again, the knock-on effect it has. You post a piece of content Three members of your team post about that content. The page posts about that content and it's all different versions of it. Mm-hmm. It then, it's obviously into a wider audience. People who like it are probably friends or people that they've spoken to in the past, you know, clients. All of a sudden, their people then see mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden, it has this massive knock-on effect and that exposure, that one topic and that one subject, that pillar that we spoke about, and it's uh, it's gone out to a lot mm-hmm. more people. And again, that organic filtering is just out of this world when it happens it's magical when someone you know i think my my just this week um i looked at my increase in viewing on my profile and it increased this week um by something like uh, 380 something percent or something like that um which is it was a lot anyway yeah but that's massive and i purely think it's because i've been pushing out lots of content this Mm -hmm. week relevant content um content about my business as well and the people within it so you've got to keep it mixed up and make sure it's it's not just about topics you believe in and your company culture etc um and then i've had two people post about me and how my Mm. uh, my educational stuff has helped them and how and they thanked me and then i've had two people message me off the back of that that. yeah saying how did you help them (laughs) great and that's because all I did was just take out some time, build the pillars mm-hmm. and distributed it um, effectively with my team. It's an amazing story and it's an yeah. amazing one, I think, I think to end on. Oh. So we'll call it there and I just want to say, yeah, thank you for your, for your time. And yeah. 
Yeah, I can definitely uh, agree with that that you're good at picking the subject because I, I love this one today. So yeah, yes. appreciate it. It's good. Um, just, sorry, just in closing mm. quick. Um, so we are going to be building cost-effective online training. Okay. So, uh, is, you know, by all means, look into it. I'm mm. not going to try and um, sell to people, but if you're finding this insight relevant and you're and you feel like your business could do with this as well, we're going to be building a very cost-effective platform for companies to be able to grow, um, not have to spend thousands and thousands of pounds on training and consultancy, which mm. we can do as well if you if you're more interested in that. But um, but we this platform will really help cover off all the key subjects, and I'm talking about if you're a you know, a new starter accountant all the way through to, you know, f- you know 500 to 1,000 employee business, I'm confident that our training and our teachings can certainly help your operation from prospecting all the way through to closure. So, yeah, if anyone's interested in that, keep your eyes peeled because, yeah, it's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. So. Next couple of months. Yeah. Okay, exciting stuff. And subscribe. And subscribe. Do it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Joe. Cheers, mate. Appreciate nice it. Nice one.